gods of superstition. And indeed, that was an important part of his life in the church. Others say it was his keen interest in the political issues of the time. Do you know what the political issues of the time were for the people in England in the 7th century? How the monks wore their hair and making sure we got right the appropriate calculation of the date of Easter. I would hardly say that that would qualify someone alone for being a saint. So what made Wilfred a saint? A saint that we named our church after. I believe it was Wilfred's ability to feed people, to feed them at the source of their hunger. And in feeding people, he drew people into the knowledge and the love of God. Wilfred tended to the immediate hungers of the people whom he encountered. And for the most part, he did this by using his words. He was a talented preacher. He drew people in by what he said, and he converted many pagans to a life of Christian faith through his preaching. That was until he went to Sussex. And in Sussex, there was a famine. The people had grown accustomed to living off the land. And because of a drought, the crops were drying up. No more lentils, no more peas, carrots, corn, or other crops to eat. The people were hungry. They were literally starving. Wilfred and all those wondrous words he had to say that had been converting the pagans no longer carried much weight in the face of these people who were hungry for food. And that's when Wilfred, the missionary at heart, realized, these people don't know how to fish. And there's this huge English channel right nearby, filled with food. So you know what Wilford did? He didn't keep preaching. He didn't keep building a church. He took the people out to the English Channel and helped them learn how to cast their nets for fish. And the famine ended. Wilfred had saved the lives of the people of Sussex. And it was then that people could understand Wilfred's words of spiritual salvation. It wasn't because of churches that were being built nearby, not because of the enduring worship being passed on from generation to generation, not an appeal to a transcendent, omnipotent God. It was in feeding those people that their hearts were turned to the love of Christ. I believe our culture here today in Southern California actually has a good deal in common with the people of 7th century England. I believe that we encounter every day people who are hungry, spiritually hungry. We are in the midst of a spiritual drought, a famine in our land. And the reality is, the people don't know how to fish for spiritual food or they're looking in places where the land is bound to dry up, the roots will not take hold. A few years ago, 
one of our high school youth group members brought her friend to church. And after worship, her friend came up and thanked me for the time of worship. She'd enjoyed herself very much. And she said, well, there's this prayer that you all said during the service. And I've heard my grandmother say it before. The words, I think, were exactly the same. And I don't understand the words, really. I don't get it very well. But I think it's meaningful. And I want to know if you can tell me what it is. So I was really curious what this prayer might be. I said, how does it go? She said, well, something about a father art in heaven. She was talking about the Lord's Prayer. Perhaps the most beloved, well-known, vital words among Christian people. The prayer that Jesus Christ himself taught us to pray. And she didn't know it. Not only that, she didn't understand the words that we were praying together or the power they might have in her life. How do we teach people who are unfamiliar with this vast ocean in this place that we have at our disposal? How do we teach people how to fish? How to be fed by God? How do we end the spiritual starvation. There's an obvious hunger for community to be accepted and loved for who we are, to share who we are, to have people see what's going on in our lives and receive affirmation. We're living in a Facebook culture. One billion people on the face of this planet are seeking community with one another through a two-dimensional screen. And after a while, the status updates and the like button presses no longer feed our spiritual needs. And we know that there's something beyond that. So we gather here week after week at St. Wilfred's around this holy table, knowing that we are united by a community that stretches beyond this place, beyond this time, that connects us. We gather knowing that God's very self became flesh, a human being we could touch, that God intimately, person to person, knows us, and that alone we're prone to wander, to struggle, to even break apart. So we come trusting in a God-made flesh that draws us to the table where we're fed and made whole again. This is our spiritual food, here at this table with one another, to participate in something that cannot happen at a computer screen, that cannot happen in our increasingly spiritual but not religious world, that cannot happen alone. We come here to be fed. So how would you teach the hungry person who walks through this door how to be spiritually fed? How would you explain this community, this life of worship? How would you explain the words of the Lord's Prayer to someone who had heard them before or maybe never heard them before? How would you explain the Eucharist to your family, to your friends, to your neighbors? 
I believe it's connected to the stories of our life here together. And I've heard so many stories of how people have been touched by life at St. Wilfred's, the life that revolves and begins at this table. I believe people are taught to be fed as we welcome them into this community. Paul made it very clear that you and I are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. He said that to the earliest church, to the church Wilfred began out on the English Channel, and to us. Maybe you showed up here one day, and you wondered whether or not you'd be welcome because it was your first time at St. Wilfred's. You were relieved to find that this is a place where we didn't just welcome you, but we welcomed you with open arms just the way you are. Every single one of you who extends that welcome, you are teaching others how to be spiritually fed. Maybe you made a mistake. Maybe you did something you are ashamed of. And you realized that this wasn't a place where you'd feel that shame burn even more, but you would receive grace and forgiveness. That you could still show your face, even when people knew you had messed up. And not only that, you discovered that you're still lovable and loved. Those of you who forgive, you are teaching others how to be spiritually fed. Maybe you've struggled with questions or doubts about God. You've discovered that you're not even sure you could actually believe anymore, but you're still invited into a conversation. You're still welcome here at worship. Those of you who've allowed the freedom to struggle with faith, you are teaching others how to be fed. Maybe you discovered that you matter here and your gifts matter too. That you don't have to be called to be a priest and you don't have to be called to be a deacon to have a ministry. You found that the Holy Spirit could work through you as you read, sang, served, folded bulletins, answered a phone, created a stained glass window, as you fixed things, as you organized around the campus. This is not something you simply volunteered to do. This is your ministry. Those of you who have claimed your ministry and seek to help others find their ministry, you are teaching others how to be fed. All of this, our shared life at St. Wilfred of York, Huntington Beach, that's what draws us together from week to week. It feeds us and it changes us. And that is what makes an uncommon language to our greater world come alive and become real. At the heart of the gospel, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. 
But the reality is, as Jesus was saying that, he was sending 70 more people out into the mission field to go into the homes of those who were their neighbors and family and friends and beyond. Wilfred, our patron saint, calls us to do the same, not just to go to where our neighbors are, but to know our neighbors for who they are. We have this gift, this vast ocean of spiritual food. Will we not go out and feed those who are hungry and teach others how to be fed? Amen.